Hi there, welcome to episode 68 of the LDS Study Session with your host, Matt Roberts. Um, now, usually we uh, go through a section of Come Follow Me, or at least have been for the quite a number of uh, episodes recently. Uh, however, I wanted to just take a little break uh, out of the Come Follow Me study, uh, just simply because we've been focusing on that a lot, and I wanted to share uh, something else which I've been enjoying studying recently. Uh, and that is, and I've mentioned this before in a previous uh, number of episodes, and that's the Book of Mormon 21-Day Challenge. And uh, I love the Book of Mormon. It's honest, like, if you've been listening to the past number of episodes on this podcast, you might be thinking, oh, there's a lot of folks on the New Testament and the Come Follow Me uh, manual. And, of course, there's a lot of of things to learn from this manual. And I'm learning so much and so many principles from the Come Follow Me principles uh, individually and with my family as well. Uh, However, I do think that I want to have a bit of focus a bit more on the Book of Mormon. And so I'm going to use this 21-day challenge, which I have referenced in a a previous episode, and I suggest you go back and have a look at that in the show notes and go to the website if you've never heard of it before. But every now and then I'm going to just pick out of this 21-day challenge. There are 21 entries, uh, as you might suspect, uh, and I'm going to focus on day one. And then every now and then I'll dip in in and out of this because I think it's a really useful and excellent resource to study. Now, the first day, the first section is found in Alma 22, verses 1 to 26, with the question of, is there a God? And now this section is where Aaron, who is uh, one of the companions of Ammon uh, on his mission to the Lamanites, uh, he has just been released from prison, uh, being imprisoned amongst the Lamanites. And uh, he is prompted to go visit the king of all the Lamanites, of course, the Lamanite's father, who was taught by Ammon. So King Lamanite's father at this point, just to give a bit of context and to backtrack a bit, has experienced uh, or witnessed uh, a missionary in Ammon. Uh, he has uh, witnessed the strength of the, of the Lord in Ammon. And then he's just kind of gone back to his home and been left to ponder on these things. And then, of course, Aaron appears uh, and he asks if Ammon is, it was, is not, not able to come visit. And he says, you know, he's not. And then he asks him about, OK, well, what about this? What, what, what's going on? What's this all about? And Aaron goes through and asks him, believe us now if there is a God. And the king said, I know that the Amalekites say that there is a God. And I have granted unto them that they should build sanctuaries, that they may assemble themselves together to worship him. And now if thou sayest there is a God, behold, I will, I will believe. Now, obviously, there is a great uh, opportunity here for Aaron to really testify of what he knows to be true, similar to how Paul, too, did a number of times in the study of Come, Follow Me last, last week. Um, we, we have a link here to a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verse 14, which suggests that um, the king of the Lamanites is blessed with the gift of being able to believe on the testimony of others. Uh, and so this is a great blessing here about God through the scriptures uh, and um, through many other ways and through his testimony. And then it then it happens in verse 15 where it says, And it came to pass that after Aaron had expounded these things unto him, the king said, What shall I do that I may have this eternal life of which thou hast spoken? Yea, what shall I do that I may be born of God, having this wicked spirit rooted out of my breast, and receive his spirit, that I may be filled with joy, that I may not be cast off at the last day? Behold, and he... I will give up all, said he, I will give up all that I possess. Yea, I will forsake my kingdom that I may receive this great joy. Now, there is a great uh, contrast here. In the previous um, part of the story, uh, there is something very different between what the king's willing to give up now and then what he's willing to give up beforehand. In chapter 20, we find this king of the Lamanites meeting Ammon and his son, King Lamoni, and he um, basically gets into a, a tussle, if you will, uh, with Alma, 
not Alma, sorry, with Ammon, uh, and Ammon defeats him. And then in verse 23 of chapter 20, it says this in Alma, Now the king, fearing he should lose his life, said, If thou wilt spare me, I will grant unto thee whatsoever thou wilt ask, even to half of the kingdom. So with his physical life on the line in front of this Nephite, who of course, don't forget, the context is one of their supposed greatest enemies, uh, he is, you know, at his mercy, on his knees, and he says, I'll give up half my kingdom to you if you save my, my, if you spare my life. Now, fast forward two chapters later, after he's had this experience with Ammon and thought about it, then had this teaching experience with Aaron, he now is willing to give up all that he possesses for this eternal life that is spoken of, which is a great um, switch. Uh, and, a, and, a, and it shows the priorities that he's got now. Uh, in fact, in October 2015, Elder Richard J. Maine said this in his talk, uh, quote, Amazingly enough, in contrast to giving up one half of his kingdom to spare his life, the Lamanite king was now willing to give up his entire kingdom that he might receive the joy that comes from understanding, accepting, and living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that, a uh, close quote, now the king of the Lamanites was open to, to finding out this the answer to this whole question, is there a God? He then had that desire work in him to change. And this is why the understanding of who we are as children of God and the fact that he is there and loves us and that and his role and uh, characteristics as a loving Heavenly Father comes into play. This is how we become better and more Christ-like. In verse 16, um, it carries on. But Aaron said unto him, If thou desirest this thing, if thou wilt bow down before God, yea, if thou wilt repent of thy sins and wilt bow down before God and call upon his name in faith, believing that he shall receive, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. So basically, that if you want to have this and you want to receive this hope, then you need to, you need to pray and ask. You need to get on your knees and talk with God. Uh, and that is such an important principle. I think so many people, you know, when I spoke to them as a missionary, it was interesting when I would speak to them as a missionary, actually, because if I spoke to someone who didn't have a belief in God and I suggested to them the idea that there is a God, they would, um, 60-70% of the time, uh, I served in the England Leeds mission, so it may be different in other, other cultures, um, but 60-70% to 70 of them said, well, if there is a God, then why, does, why are all these bad things happening in the world? And, you know, for the first two or three weeks, I remember not really knowing what to say to that, you know, not being sure what the answer is. Um, and it's difficult because, of course, if there are these bad things, then how, how, you know, how people are not willing to look into if there is a God. But then I guess the point I made to them was, well, if you don't believe there is a God, then you don't believe that he is to fault, he, there is him to blame. So I guess the fact is, is that they either believe that there is a whole system that is completely random and unyielding and merciless, or that they believe that there is a God. Uh, and it's, it's, it's tricky for some people to believe. Um, there's a great quote by L. Uh, L. James E. Faust, or present James E. Faust, as he was at the time in the October 1999 General Conference, about this hope uh, being the anchor for our souls, knowing that there is God and that he loves us and that he is aware of our needs and desires. And he said this, quote, The unfailing source of our hope is that we are sons and daughters of God and that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, saved us from death. How can we know that Jesus truly is our saviour and redeemer? In human terms, his reality is almost und undefinable. 
but his presence can be known unequivocally um, by the Spirit if we continually seek to live under the shadow of his influence. In the Book of Mormon, we read, we read the account of Aaron expounding the gospel to Lamoni's father. He told him, If thou wilt bow down before God and call on his name in faith, believing that ye shall receive, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. The old letter followed this to the letter and received a witness of the truth that Aaron had imparted. As a result, he and all his household were converted and came to know the Lord. Close quote. This unfailing source of hope, this, this light uh, in this darkness, this this, uh, this hope uh, for a better life and a better world and for, for us that we can become better is guided, is powered, is generated, is basically made alive through our Saviour Jesus Christ and knowing that we are children of our Heavenly Father and that he does live, he does exist. Not just our Saviour, but our Heavenly Father, he lives. He is a living, breathing being who is out there, who loves us and we are in the image of uh, and I just think that, that that is so important to understand, to answer the question of, is there a God? We have to ask, we have to search, and we have to be willing to fall on our knees and just be willing to begin that conversation and that communication with him. It is not easy, particularly not when we get an answer straight away, but we will be able to receive that answer. I've seen it for myself, and I've read it in the scriptures, and I've experienced it a number of times, and I've listened to the testimonies of many others who have done the same. Uh, and so I can only suggest that to anyone who's listening, even if you have begun that relationship with your Heavenly Father, improve it. It can always be improved. I mean, mine certainly needs to be. So anyway, that was the first uh, entry on the Book of Mormon Study Challenge. And that really just kind of skims the surface of what there is in those verses. But in Alma 22, verses 1 to 26, I think about the question, is there a God? And actually, there's a quote by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf with this uh, section as well, uh, which is in the October 2011 conference, which says, quote, The most powerful being in the universe is the father of your spirit. He knows you. He loves you with a perfect love. I, I mean, I love talking about and discussing the, the attributes of our Heavenly Father and how we, how having this knowledge of him being our father and us being his literal spirit children brings such, a, such great positivity and power uh, to our lives. Don't have the time for it though because i do want to try and limit these to 10 to 15 minutes max so i hope you've enjoyed kind of what i've shared today please do study carry on studying that it's a great uh, piece to study um i'll probably continue tomorrow with back uh, beginning our come follow me uh, studies but i'm grateful uh, to have studied the book of mormon today because i think it's important we get a, a, a broad variety and aspect of our study if there's anything that you've studied uh, please share with me at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. I would love to hear what you've been studying so I can learn and grow from you. Uh, and until we meet again.